This book is not going to be wholly or even mainly made up of extracts from Emily's diary. But, by way of linking up matters unimportant enough for a chapter in themselves, and yet necessary for a proper understanding of her personality and environment, I'm going to include some more of them. Besides, when one has material ready to hand, why not use it? Emily's diary, with all its youthful crudities and italics, really gives a better interpretation of her and of her imaginative and introspective mind in that her 14th spring than any biographer, however sympathetic, could be. So let us take another peep into the yellowed pages of that old Jimmy book, written long ago in the lookout of New Moon. February 15th. I have decided that I will write down in this journal every day all my good deeds and all my bad ones. I got the idea out of a book, and it appeals to me. I mean to be as honest about it as I can. It will be easy, of course, to write down the good deeds, but not so easy to record the bad ones. I did only one bad thing today. Only one thing I think bad, that is. I was impertinent to Aunt Elizabeth. She thought I took too long washing the dishes. I didn't suppose there was any hurry, and I was composing a story called The Secret of the Mill. Aunt Elizabeth looked at me and then at the clock and said in her most disagreeable way, Is the snail your sister, Emily? No, snails are no relation to me, I said haughtily. It was not what I said, but the way I said it that was impertinent. And I meant it to be. I was very angry. Sarcastic speeches always aggravate me. Afterwards, I was very sorry that I had been in a temper, but I was sorry because it was foolish and undignified, and not because it was wicked. So I suppose that was not true repentance. As for my good deeds, I did two today. I saved two little lives. Saucy Sal had caught a poor snowbird, and I took it from her. It flew off quite briskly, and I am sure it felt wonderfully happy. Later on, I went down to the cellar cupboard and found a mouse caught in a trap by its foot. The poor thing lay there, almost exhausted from struggling, with such a look in its black eyes. I couldn't endure it, so I set it free, and it managed to get away quite smartly in spite of its foot. I do not feel sure about this deed. I know it was a good one from the mouse's point of view, but what about Aunt Elizabeth's? This evening, Aunt Laura and Aunt Elizabeth read and burned a boxful of old letters. They read them aloud and commented on them, while I sat in a corner and knitted my stockings. The letters were very interesting, and I learned a great deal about the Murrays I had never known before. I feel that it is quite wonderful to belong to a family like this. No wonder the Blairwater folks call us the chosen people, though they don't mean it as a compliment. I feel that I must live up to the traditions of my family. I had a long letter from Dean Priest today. He is spending the winter in Algiers. He says he is coming home in April and is going to take rooms with his sister, Mrs. Fred Evans, for the summer. I am so glad. It will be splendid to have him in Blairwater all summer. Nobody ever talks to me as Dean does.
He is the nicest and most interesting old person I know. Aunt Elizabeth says he is selfish, as all the priests are. But then she does not like the priests, and she always calls him Jarback, which somehow sets my teeth on edge. One of Dean's shoulders is a little higher than the other, but that is not his fault. I told Aunt Elizabeth once that I wished she would not call my friend that, but she only said, I did not nickname your friend, Emily. His own clan have always called him Jarback. The priests are not noted for delicacy. Teddy had a letter from Dean, too, and a book, The Lives of Great Artists. Michelangelo, Raphael, Velasquez, Rembrandt, Titian. He says he dare not let his mother see him reading it. She would burn it.